gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! I don't know how to read unless it's on a ketchup bottle. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? At that point, not without beer, you gotta come back with something. The sauce is the boss. <laughs> You are listening to the Tuesday Catch-Up. Y'all ready for this? Hello, hello, hello. It is Tuesday, May 22nd, 2018, and you are listening to the Tuesday Catch-Up. I am your host, Chum, and sitting in studio with me, we have two new faces. To my right, our guest for the evening, a man who is a commissioner of the WFL, a man who just spent quite a bit of time in L.A. as a comedian and an actor, a real stand-up gentleman and a guy we're excited to interview, Nick Argel. Thank you. (laughs) That is it. And two to my right, um, our sixth man off the bench, Soon to be new host of the Tuesday Catch-Up in lieu of Brandon Gillis, who is trapping raccoons and going to be in the woods for the next month. My roommate for three years, a guy who I have seen drunker than anybody I've ever met, and a guy who can drink just as much as me, a real good, solid man, Zach DeVolcanair. I'd like to thank uh, Jesus for that one, and uh, let's have a great show. Wow, I love that. Uh, joining me via Google Hangouts, the usual crew out of Big Sky Country, Missoula, Montana, we have Harley Fredrickson. Out of Milwaukee, we have Matt Steubing. And out of Iowa City, soon to be Milwaukee, Nate Steubing. Fellas, how are we feeling tonight? You're all, I'll just go fuck myself, I guess. I said, fellas, how are we doing tonight? We all said. Yeah, we all said stuff. We all responded, and then you did awful. <laughs> you know what? Hey, you know what? We're gonna roll with that. That's on me. Technical difficulties. Mm. Uh, but we're gonna power through. Nick, not impressed. So, for people who don't know, Nick used to host his own radio show, Nick at Night, in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Um, mm-hmm. He had more live viewers in most nights than we do in about a week of our podcast listens. So he is judging heavy on our radio skills tonight. Uh, so hopefully we can impress. But I don't think we're off to the best start. Yeah, not to brag, but. I do hold the record for most podcast viewers in one single syndicated radio show in UW Lacrosse history. So I'll just throw that out there. Wow. We are in good company. Yeah. You certainly are. We we swung up for this host. You did. (laughs) How did did we get you? You know, I'm paying. I'm paying out my fucking ass to get Nick to sit on here, and then you know, yeah, and then I and then I come out and fucking blow it, and don't turn your guys' mics on. You know, this is just this is. uh, I'm melting down over here. This is a tough interview for me. Well, I'm going to die if I don't know how you guys are doing. So can you let us know? Because we couldn't hear that on this end. (laughs) We are all doing great. Excellent. Yeah, excellent was my exact word. Oh, my exact word choice. Doing excellent. Yeah. Wait, can you can you hear wow. us? We can hear you. We can hear you loud and clear, Ghost Rider. All right, fellas. All right. Um, I put together a list of some absolutely insane news stories over the last week, and I think you guys will actually appreciate these. So we're gonna run through these. Let me know your thoughts. Um, this first one I think is probably one of the most ridiculous. So I'm gonna come out hot with it. Uh, over the news over the last week, a 25 year old man 
um, posed as a high school freshman as a victim of Hurricane <laughs> Katrina to go back and play college or to play high school basketball in Texas. Uh, before he was caught, he dropped 35 points and 14 rebounds in multiple games, dropped a 40 ball on the best team in the country, and dated a 14-year-old freshman, according to the student's mother. What the fuck? You know, I think that's everyone's dream as they get older, that they would be able to pull off a heist like that. Absolutely. I mean, he put up 35 points and 14 rebounds in multiple games. The only reason he got caught is because an opponent's coach recognized him from eight years prior when he was playing high school basketball. (laughs) Now, he's the real hero because he's the one who is in the nitty-gritty of scouting. Because a guy like that, to remember so far back, to recognize a player that played eight years ago, is a coach that needs to be not coaching at the high school level. He needs to be coaching collegiately or professionally. I have seen that floater before. I know damn well that that's Aquarius. Uh-huh. That was racist. That, Moving on. That scenario, <laughs> that scenario is Uncle Rico's wet dream. I bet you I could throw that football over that mountain. Yeah, so that one was pretty weird. But then two tabs later, I read a story where a man kidnapped another man for um, a mere $800 ransom and used a three-foot-long alligator as the assault weapon. No, that's just... Oh, my. In the ransom picture that was demanded to see that this person was healthy and in, in, in good shape, um, the... Uh, the guy sent a picture of the, the kidnapped man hogtied with a three-foot alligator sitting on his back, <laughs> baring his teeth. Now, I know we've had this conversation before, but I know for a fact I could take a three-foot gator. So yeah, that wouldn't definitely. work, I guess. That's so dumb. We actually have had this. Uh, but if somebody good... was swinging it at you, yeah, he well, didn't release the gator and have him fight the gator. Right. He'd like, think... grab it by the tail and beat the shit out of the dude. Yeah. See, but I took, I took two two judo classes at the YMCA, and by that I mean I showed up twice. And I feel like the, I was prepared okay. to take that Listen, off. Matt, you're lying because Harley and I took judo as kids, and I know what going to two judo classes was like, and it was the worst thing of my life. I don't think I could fight an alligator after that. Hey, not, not to oh, throw we things yeah, to- totally off the rail here. Uh, I do have a college degree, but what does ransom mean? <laughs> It's like when you hold somebody hostage and like when, say, uh, hey, give me money. Okay, because I, I, well, th- he's telling that story, and when he said ransom, my mind just started spinning, and I couldn't focus really on the story because I, I couldn't figure out what, what that meant? word meant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the collateral for a human life in a hostage situation. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> so, mm. for, but my, I think the thing that bugged me about this story is, A, we've talked about on the pod, yes, we could all take an alligator of about three foot or less size. We weren't that scared. But number two is, he kidnapped another man for $800. You didn't even spring for a thousand. You never even got to quadruple digits. You fucking settled. Where was, where was this? It Texas. Texas. Uh, that that mm. still makes sense. I think, or Florida. You would kidnap someone for. What's the lowest amount of money? Yeah. Oh man, um, this guy couldn't even buy like a hundred bottles of like the premium ketchup that sponsored us. Right. <laughs> so it's pretty much worthless. Yeah. So the lowest amount of money I would kidnap someone for, um, I'm gonna have to go ten grand. Ten grand for sure. I was gonna say fifteen. Okay. It'd have to be. It'd have to be pretty like low stakes though. Can someone Google what like the kidnapping charges? Is there like a minimum? It's not good. You know, like robbery, how if you steal something like less than a couple hundred bucks, like it's not a felony? It's petty theft. Petty theft. <laughs> if you, yeah. It's 11 <laughs> years in prison. 
petty napping. Kidnapping, kidnapping's 11 years in prison. Congrats, Harvey. That was the you just got flagged sentence. by the FBI. Yeah, yeah. How much? <laughs> I kidnapped someone for 15 grand. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, another great news story. Did anybody look at the Tim Hortons poop thrower? Hmm. No? Oh, we lost, yeah. <laughs> The poop must have went right over my head. Yep. <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, Nick. Um, so there was a lady. There was a uh, a lady who went to a Tim Hortons and she wanted to use the bathroom. And she asked the manager if she could use it. And uh, he denied her for the safety of other customers was his uh, his claim. And she's like, "Man, I'm gonna shit my pants. You have to let me use the bathroom." And he didn't. So she uh, she bent over against a wall, took a shit in her hands. And threw it at the manager of the Tim Hortons. Hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah, that was it. Was a you? She played well within bounds in my eyes. I mean, what else was she gonna do? Well, and then she doubled it up. So after she threw actual human feces at this man, she went out, wiped her butt, and threw the wiped-in toilet paper at him as well. That's, that's a little she does excessive. Not care. No, no, did not care. You already crossed the line, guy. She crossed the line after wiping and throwing the TV. That's what I would say. That's what I would say. Yeah. Stop while you're ahead. Just throw the doo doo at his head. And you gotta throw run. Do and, and book it. Did you say sorry? Uh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Great. If she said sorry, then it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, oh yeah, because Tim Hortons is only in Canada, is it not? Yeah, yeah it is. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, that brings about. Uh, it's actually an epidemic in California that homeless people are just kind of shitting everywhere because, <laughs> and, and I I can't say I've seen anyone shit in public personally. I've seen people piss in public, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's pretty standard for the course. But the thing is about California, they make you pay, like you have to buy things at these places to shit. Oh, like paying customers so, only. so yeah, customer paying customers only get to use the restroom. So a homeless person, they have no other option but to use the outdoors as their feces, and then I guess other homeless people are eating it. Oh. So oh. do your research on that, but it's an epidemic, and it doesn't surprise me with the characters that I saw over in that neck of the woods. So you would walk down the street and literally see piles of human feces. Uh, I I've seen it. Not, not, that wasn't something I saw with regularity, but it was more of an epidemic in San Francisco. Because they don't have anywhere to shit. If you, I think you can give a homeless guy a break and at least let them use, a bathroom. use the bathroom. I, I know it's going to be a paying customer, but if the guy is just blatantly homeless and he's not wearing shoes or something, you just kind of let him shit because yeah. you, you don't want him to shit on your sidewalk. Right? Thanks, uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Zuckerberg. It's not that big of a deal if someone's eating it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, Zach, Zach, Zach makes a good point. It, it's it's cleaning itself. I'm I, that's an ecosystem. I don't know if you guys have ever taken a science class, but <laughs> there are creators, producers, producers and eaters. I mean, you know, it's it's that's food chain. Well, you know, they're not getting any food anyway, so a little bit might nutrients. as well, you know, you know, get some recycled food. Jim, so Jim over on Seventh Ave had corn last night. I'm getting a good meal this morning. <laughs> Wasted nutrients. You gotta recycle. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Say either that or dumpster diving, so take your choice. Oh, Harley knows about dumpster diving. Harley actually dumpster does dumpster diving. Right. What are your thoughts on this? So Harley goes out to Little Caesars after they close um, and takes like the hot and ready's that are you know just past hot and ready that uh-huh. they put out there, and he eats them. But I'll follow up to this. What do you think of the news story that in Florida, a manager was making his employees dump bleach on said pizzas so that homeless people would stop eating this? Food? 
pizza. So he was trying to kill him. Well, he was trying. He was was trying to make the pizza inedible. He was just like dumping chemicals on it. Oh, because he knew people would like not buy a pizza if they could get it for free. Well, to me, that's just wasted food. (laughs) What was that? It's just a little ranch covers everything. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little bit, a little dressing, (laughs) a little little ranch, whatever. (laughs) You know, it's like I. Let me go back again. Ecosystem. Ecosystem. It's all related, <laughs> fellas. Hey, when they opened up that new Quick Trip in Nina uh, five, six years ago, they always used to throw out those six packs of uh, glazers, those donuts. They would just throw them out by the box every night, and you had free donuts at the end of the night. I have nothing. Hey, if, if the food hasn't been touched, I don't see the issue. Yeah. Mm-mm. Just sitting right on top. Yeah. Right there on a platter. <laughs> now, however, if it's been dug in, it's a different animal. Now, can I can I put this to a vote? Because we might need to get... Nate, is Jake around? Uh, no, he's not. Oh, damn it. We can't have Jake's take. Not this time. Next time. Next time, Jake's yeah. take. But I think we all stand on... I think we're about 50-50 on who would actually dumpster dive and who would not. Um, so those are the three craziest news stories I had. Nate, you put a link in under the current events section of our planning document. Did you want to elaborate <laughs> on what that is? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can do that. Um... So, Kraft uh, Heinz is banking on a uh, new condiment that they're calling mayo chup, which is just ketchup and mayonnaise mixed together. And they're saying that it's catering to millennials' tastes. Like, just mix your own mayo chup. And that's a terrible fucking name. It's a terrible name. Fancy sauce. Our fucking fancy sauce <laughs> recipe, which I'm literally limited our usage <laughs> because of the fucking Fredersen way where they would, you know, ah, this is my ketchup. Listen, <laughs> mayo chup? Okay. That's just a dumb name. Kraft Heinz uh, no. banking on, like, this being the 2018 sauce of the year is, is ridiculous. I, I think that that's stupid. Also, Matt, a second to that, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the title of the article was the best. Mayo Chup is Kraft Heinz's new weapon in the condiment wars. I told you, dude, the condiment wars are a real thing. Nick, if, uh, <laughs> we've, we've been looking into it. Um, we usually have a ketchup sponsors each week, and so um, we looked into it, and there's literally a condiment war going on between organic ketchup and chain ketchup, and the government's in on it. it the government's in on it. I mean, they're, they're fighting against... Is uh, it really? They're fighting against organic ketchups, and they're siding with Kraft Heinz, so um, big ketchup is going down in the ketchup wars. Are, are you guys pro-organic ketchup or normal ketchup? Wh- whoever sponsors no. us. Ooh. Yeah. Whoever, whoever pays <laughs> us go, with the, go where the wind blows. Yep. Yeah, we're pretty... usually, Who sponsored usually... last week? Annie's organic ketchup. Yeah. Oh, okay. Usually they have to be rated under a two-star. Yep. And, oh, that's um, fair. and pay us, like, billions to, to read to our zillions of fans yeah that mm-hmm. much that much um ad mm-hmm. money ad revenue is really what drives this podcast i mean it's the only reason we get on here every yep. week um, yep. that and our patreon yep. listeners right matt tomato, tomato boys <laughs> oh my god i hate that um so fellas i i went to a strip club for the first time this week sick brag dude <laughs> yeah tell us all about i it. saw boobs nick and i want to talk about it <laughs> So Did you, uh, fix the dry spell? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> dry spell still in full effect. The Sahara has inherited Nina. Um, at this point, there's no hope in getting out. So, 
Uh, so I went to a strip club instead. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a bachelor party, uh, and I had gotten in the car, and Joe Firestein texted me and said, hey, you're going to a bachelor party. You're probably going to want to go to a strip club. Well, I know just the one. And he said that there is a strip club called Deja Vu in Minnesota. And their claim to fame is the fact that after 12 p.m. on the day of a game day between anybody and the Twins, you can bring your ticket stub from the game and you get free cover so you can get in. On top of that, on top of that, there is an unlimited hot dog bar with admission. Wow. That's awesome. Who needs a garbage pick? Right. So at first... <laughs> at first I went because I wanted Andre to go see boobies and then when I found out they had hot dogs I was pretty sold on going too you were all about the wiener bar oh, I do the wiener yeah, bar screw <laughs> boobies just want dogs I just want wieners no inside of chum yeah Holy hell. so I got in there at about 3am pretty lit up I had smoked about 7 sagrets. Um I lit a blunt on top of cowboy jacks <laughs> Uh, I I was having a night for the ages, some would say. I'd been drinking vodka sodas and Vegas bombs and just kind of making life my own oyster. Um, so we got into Deja Vu, and my outfit of attire was Birkenstocks with no socks, um, a, a romp him, which is a romp her, but for men, so it has a zipper where you can pee out of. Mm. Uh, and then I had a bucket hat with the sides strapped up for aerodynamics. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, your, it's actually Zach's bucket hat. Can you turn your computer like just a little? I just see it's weird not seeing you. Wait a little bit more. All right, how about that? More. Well, Zach, like, Zach, Zach has scoot in, scoot, scoot into the here. So anyway, there we go. This yeah, is way easier now. You're ruining my life. I'm trying to tell you a story. So I get into deja vu, right? They take my money at the door. They stamp my arm up and down, and I get in there. Um, little do you know, you do get in for free, but you have to buy a one drink minimum, even though you got in for free. So it was a twelve dollar diet coke. So I took my seat. <laughs> so I took my seat, and the show started about right then. And the girls would come out, and they'd get two songs apiece. And I watched from the side at this point. I'm sitting down there, but within 30 seconds of being inside said Deja Vu strip club, a not attractive woman was somehow in between my legs begging me to buy a dance from her and i was too drunk to understand what she was saying so i got up and walked right past her and went and got a hot dog well what she was saying was that priorities <laughs> what she was saying was that she was the one that wanted to end your dry spell because when you come in wearing the romp him and the birkenstocks with no socks that's pretty much a surefire way to get laid at that's, a strip club that's kind of what i was thinking they're betting on you being gay you, I actually believe it. Like, they go, honey, you want to dance? And I was like, no. She went back and got 10 bucks back. She said he's going for the wieners. Yep, yep. So I went. And there was this nice, and you know what? You'd think it wouldn't be cleanly, but there was this nice Asian lady, and she had gloves on, and she handed me my hot dog, and I decked it out in condiments, and I went and sat down and ate it. Well, then I started to get Which a little antsy. And so I got into full observation mode, and I wanted to know how these strip clubs worked. So. The girls would come out, and this guy in a muffled speaker would be like, I'm coming to the stage, daddy issues. Dad, give it up for daddy issues. And everyone would be like, oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone was excited, um, and these girls would come out. And they'd come out in just a thong and a, a thong and a top. And that's kind of what they would start with. And they'd walk out, and here's the layout. So it was a big horseshoe, which most strip clubs are on the main stage. And the girls would walk around trying to get you to take dances. But if you wanted to be brutalized by any level but this stripper on stage during her performance, you set out a certain stack of dollar bills. 
Okay, so you set out a stack of dollar bills. And I, I didn't understand the pattern until until I had watched one to two performances from outside and then got front row until <laughs> I understood what money meant and, and what does what. So the girl would come out on the left side of the stage and within instant, like it was like one twirl, maybe a climb on the pole, and then bam, top's gone. And you're like, okay, we're getting down to business. Uh, Fully torqued. Yeah, instantly. Everybody in the everybody in the rooms on their heels, bunch of Arabian dudes smoking cigarettes and like throwing money at them violently. Um, and so they, she would go work left to right. And if you had a little stack of dollar bills or any crumpled dollar bills, if you basically laid money in front of you, it was a sign that said like abuse me. Like I want to be like a center of attention for a moment. So she would work down the line, anybody who had money, all the way around the entire stage to the end. And then the panties would come off, but that was after the dance ended. They'd do one twirl and they'd leave out and he'd be like, now give it up for chastity, give it up for chastity. And everyone would clap and she'd leave. Which got me thinking, you know, what levels of money get you what at a strip club? Because obviously I'm a man, I'm a frugal man and I'm not going to go throwing $10 for nothing, right? You know me. Mm So I go up there and I, I go, Tony, and he's the veteran sitting next to me. He, he, had, he knew what he was doing, and his name is Tony. He was a guy, member of the bachelor party. Uh, I do want to be clear, Andre did not go to the strip club. We went in memoriam of him. So the only two people I'll name there were me and Tony. So I sat down next to Tony. I said, Tony. And Andre was there. And Andre was, was not there. I, the last text to the group chat, the last text to the group chat that I sent was, I'm going to pay a stripper to feed Andre a hot dog out of her butt. Didn't happen. <laughs> So um, Andre was there. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was not there. Well, allegedly. On record, you are saying Andre was at the strip club. Was not at the strip club. Allegedly. I, I had deja vu. I had deja vu, so I honestly like my memory's a little bit fucked up. Andre was at deja vu. <laughs> no, no, no. Anyways, anyways. So I go, Tony. Tony, you look like a veteran here. You know how does this work? And he's like, throw a couple bucks down, see what happens. If you think they're hot, throw a couple bucks down. <laughs> I go, how much? And he goes, ah, a couple singles. So I took four. Four singles. And this is what I figured out. And the range between three and seven dollars gets you a Mike Tyson slap with a left and right titty in the face instantly. <laughs> the one-two punch. Yeah, yeah. They'll lean up, they'll grab your head, and they'll go, bat, bat, and then they'll move on. So it, that's improving. I did it wrong. So I did $4 each time and got that done. Yeah, I don't know what kind of strip club I was at, to be honest. I, this is my first time. So anyways, and then I was like, okay, let's up the ante. I have cash in my wallet. I kind of want to see what the fuck's going to happen here. And I saw Tony pulling out bigger bills. Well, let me tell you. So like I said, between 3 and $7 got you a good Mike Tyson, bop, 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 you know, fun bags to the face. Well, I put down $11 the second time. <laughs> yeah, that's, fellas, for you listening at home, that's that's. That's over a hundred percent increase. You know that was it's quite a bit of money on the table. Yeah. Um, so I put down the eleven dollars, and at this point I'm a little anxious. I just put down eleven dollars, and I'm in a romp him in a safari hat in an unfamiliar area with my veteran Tony not giving me much leeway. Hey, can we all guess what you got? Yeah. Yeah. yeah go ahead. All right, Nick. We'll start with Nick. Then we'll go to Zach, and then we'll go through the Google Hangouts. Okay, Nick. What do you think I got for eleven dollars on the main stage at a strip club? Deja vu. Uh, snatch to the nose. Oh. Mm. Oh my. Go on. Crash the face. I was crash the face. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, let's crash get a little more. Face. Crash the face, Harley, Matt. I think you got a crash the face and the one-two punch. She like worked you down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay, okay. She, she picked up a hot dog with her booty and ate it. No, buddy, that that costed a way more than that. <laughs> Nate, your turn. Uh, I think you got face fucked by a stripper pussy. 
Shit. It's almost as if you took that from my mouth because that is exactly what happened. Awesome. I laid the eleven dollars down, and she comes up. She like crawled up, and I was like, "This is about to change my life forever." And she goes, "You look nervous," and I was like, "I am." I. I was like, "I am," and I was like, shrunk in my chair. Well, instantly flipped onto her back, leg locked my face, and just wham, wham, wham. <laughs> Three, three face knocks, and then threw me back in my chair, and I was like, "That is unbelievable! I can't believe that just happened to me." I can't wait to tell all my friends. Um, and then you pulled out eleven more dollars. So then I pulled out twenty-two dollars. No. So then I was like, "Okay, I don't have any more money to do that again. I've had my two, you know, funds." Oh yeah, I also got the fun bags to the face. So after that, you get the one-two punch, and then it's out. It's it's a ranked system. It's like the Patreon account. You know, basically you donate a certain amount a month. And you get different live treatment. Patreon. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's live Patreon for women. So then Tony, the veteran, he puts out like 20, 25 bucks, which basically at that point you should have just gotten a private dance. But she comes flying over. Oh man, she's excited. He tries to give her his hat, which doesn't work. She goes, I don't want this. She climbs off the stage onto his lap. Bap, 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 bap. Fun bags. In the, in the lap, in the face, getting him, and then climbs back up, and the leg lock, and the full thing. So he got just annihilated for a short 20, 20, what, 26 bucks, 27 bucks? I mean, fellas, in my short experience in strip clubs, I think I had it figured out. What do you think? Well, it's almost like the more money you pay, the more likely you are to be knocked out. Because yeah. to me, it seems like you got the Tyson fun bags, and then you get the snatch to the face. At what point are you just down for the count? So I told, I told, I don't know who I told this to. I was like, man, you should hear what happened at this strip club. And they're like, what kind of fucking strip club were you at? Yeah. I, I don't know where the hell you guys were. And nobody puts down $10 on stage, let alone 11 to $25. That's just stupid. That's what I was thinking too. $2, yeah, or $1. <laughs> So you guys did that wrong. You definitely didn't eat enough hot dogs. That, that was dumb. You bought a Diet Coke instead of a beer. What it was a hell? non-alcoholic. I, you know, I'll let you rip on me for that, but it was a non-alcoholic strip club, so I got a Diet oh, Coke. Okay. All right, then that makes more sense. Sounds like but a whack bachelor party. I do say that I think the dry spell is over, and Chum, uh, congrats on the sex, dude. I did. Congrats. Good work. Good work. Yeah, I mean, basically, dude. She told me she liked me, so I was hoping I could like date her after the show. <laughs> That's because you put $10 on your face, dude. You can't do that. <laughs> They'll tell you anything for 20 bucks. Well, either way. Yeah, so that was a very entertaining bachelor party, and, and I'm sure more of those stories will come out. But I did want to take a, a short time and let you guys know my first experience in a strip club, which, you know, knowing me, is uh, that's just a, it's not my environment. So I had a good time with it. That is for if, sure. If you go double figures on the dance floor and not in the private room, you're like... She pretty much wants to wife you up. It was thirty dollars yeah. for two songs for a private song. I'm not that rich. I only had what I had crumpled up in my romp in like pocket. Seventeen dollars there. No, I, I I think I spent more than that. I honestly I kind of blacked out, but let's leave. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. I just remember maybe a few bonus Mike Tyson titty punches. I probably did. Yeah, there's probably one or two or three. So and the first person I t- told when I came home, which was just funny because I was too hungover to care, is like my mom's like, "How the weekend?" And I was like, "I got." face slammed into a stripper vagina so <laughs> I made mama proud and that is for sure so 
We'll cut to a Craig Spiracy soon, but first I wanted to get to a couple questions with Nick, because Nick, you're here as a guest, and I feel like we haven't gotten to you too much yet. Um, for those of you who don't know, Nick went out to LA in hopes of chasing a uh, stand-up comedian in an acting career, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, so he's been kind of everywhere. He, we were talking about he had been in New York for a little bit, he had been in LA, he had seen some crazy shit. I mean, you had said that at one point you were biking, I mean, almost 10 miles a night to, to mm. perform at comedy spots and, and try and get that up and, and work on an acting career. So why don't you give us a little bit of like an overview of what you did over in LA, what your living situation was like, and then we'll kind of jump into some deeper questions. But I would love to hear kind of an overview of sure. what the hell happened. Sure. Uh, well, right after graduation, I actually, we'll start at the top, I actually moved to New York to work as a camp counselor for some rich Jews, little Jew kids. Uh, yeah, so I was, I was a camp, I would... I found this job posting through my school, and I knew I kind of wanted to be in New York, L.A., or L.A. for the acting and comedy, because that's kind of the hot spots, and I found this camp that turned out to be a lot more, I don't know what the right word is, but let's just say these kids, it, it cost $11,000 for these kids to even go to the camp, so, like, you're dealing with some rich, spoiled brats, and they're Jews. You guys were the enemy camp across from like the poor side camp that has like nothing, you know, at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. No, no, that's like, actually, you guys that, had the speedboat. No, that, that's actually totally true. There was like a camp that our bus drove by one time and it was just complete dog shit compared to the one I was working on. <laughs> but the, like but it, <laughs> just pushes that way. But uh, it was in a. Uh, so it was in upstate New York, though. So it's all—they're all Jewish camps, because it's just like it's the land of Jews there. Like they're all anyone you run into in upstate New York, or it's just there's so oh, many. Jews. Yeah, it's just so, Jews. Okay, but uh, good, I, good people. Now, are you harboring hard feelings right now? I feel like we've focused a lot <laughs> on Jews. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Just, <laughs> I think just, he's just telling us what's what. It's the yeah. details. Yeah. I, was just I think it matters. I was just reaching. I was just reaching. It matters. You're good. Go ahead. Uh, okay, so off that. <laughs> So yeah, I worked at this camp, and uh, I did. I I lived in New York City for a couple weeks before the camp started. I kind of wanted to get a feel for the the comedy scene out there, so I was doing some stand up uh, open mics there, and then I just kind of on a whim decided I wanted to move out to L.A. after the uh, camp was done in New York. And so the first place I live in, uh, this was an Airbnb, or as I like to call it, Airbnb Greece. And it sure as hell lived up to that name because the first, so I, I live, I move in, I kind of went for the cheap spot in the middle of Hollywood. I was still trying to get on my feet, figure out uh, where I wanted to live, what I wanted to do kind of thing. And the room I had was literally, it was a sectioned off corner. It was not a room. It was like, oh, it, was this, it was this straight mafia Russian dude who was running this place. And it was a bunk bed. But it was like I had no space to even live. I was living out of my suitcase essentially for a month there, because I, and then and the, someone was living above me, so it was like I had about the size of this room that we're in now, and that was my room, and that was all I had. So I got off to a rough start, and then I moved. So after a month there, I moved to another Airbnb in which uh, where I lived for my remaining time there, and. I lived with a 30-year-old deported Russian, so <laughs> real sketchy, <laughs> a 40-year-old uh, gay Brazilian man. Now, we shared a room, us three, one room, 
Three people in a room. <laughs> so shared that, okay? Luckily, these guys were nice guys, so it it didn't cause too many issues. But um, and then the other room was so this was five people in a two person apartment. This was some real sketchy shit. Like there was a Russian guy. That, I dealt with a lot of Russians out there. But this was a Russian guy if who... If it ain't a Jew, it's a Russian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Diversity. But uh, these this guy ran, like, his life, his um, his income was Airbnb. He would sell out these homes, these Airbnb complexes, and would just upcharge the people who moved in. But, um, so yeah, that was where I lived. Uh it was kind of shitty, but it was right in the middle. It was pretty cheap for LA, six fifty a month. Not bad to for LA. To share a room with three oh, people? Hell. To share a room with two other people, yes. Oof. But I, however, I didn't, uh, well, since I moved there and I, I took a plane out there, I didn't like have my bed and shit, so they well, they provided like that. It was all there okay. when I got there, so I didn't need to completely start from scratch. Um, I have some story here. I want to read fucking... So yeah, no. Wait, so what the total duration before you get into that? What was the total duration of being in LA? One month at one spot, and how long at the other? And spot? Then it was seven months in the other spot. So oh my god, it was eight months. Eight months total. And I was yeah. complaining about having to live with Corey for a month. Yeah, no, it was shitty. But uh, eventually, you just kind of conform to how shitty it is, and then your baseline of life is just kind of so bad that you just eventually live that. So. Yeah, that's it. Just gets to the point where you're like, but, uh, yeah. this, "This is my life, and I've accepted it." No, but it was cool because living with these people, I always felt really intelligent because all of their English sucked, and mine was <laughs> good, I guess. And it was gooder. I bet they yeah, knew the word ransom. It was gooder. I don't even know if they knew what ransom meant. Uh, he probably got <laughs> deported for kidnapping. Yeah. yeah. So I've never really been in a room where my intelligence has kind of been the standard to me. So that was always nice. Mm-hmm. But um, no, living uh, the the I lived with a Japanese guy who was a straight. He was an esports prodigy. Like this dude came home from work <laughs> and straight gamed for like seven hours. Like that was his life. It was work, and then he just played League of Legends. And I think he was nationally ranked. And he was fucking. He was psycho. Did he like live stream? <laughs> yeah, he live streamed. He did all that. The whole nine yards. Well, I think if he moved into Chum's house, he he wouldn't make it. Two hours with the bandwidth. <laughs> no, he would. He'd fucking break every window in this damn house. <laughs> is what he would do. I'm serious. I got in the middle of some of his rage fits, and I feared for my own safety. <laughs> so if he had to deal with the Fredrickson bandwidth, I I don't want to know what he would have to. What, what he, he would, would go through. What he would have done. Yeah. yeah. We would ne- Yeah. Sophie wouldn't exist. Our little dog. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, son of a bitch, this happens every week. <laughs> You said so, you called them. Not only bandwidth, not only bandwidth, but we also have a noise problem here. Mm. Um, it's a zoo. It's a zoo. <laughs> well, shut the damn things up! <laughs> we left them in last time, and I plan to leave them in again. Uh, Jesus, damn. All right, so that's the whole crew you lived with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had some questions on Yeah. That was the living I, situation. Yeah, I, I wrote some down. Um, typical day out there. Yep, give me a typical day in L.A. Hey, I'm just going to throw in a massive chaw right now. <laughs> Pack of fatty. I can hear it clapping. You can see it clapping I'm on just, the auto. I'm really just going to paralyze myself with this chew on the podcast. <laughs> I know this isn't I know this isn't like good podcast to like tell everyone. No, it's, no, it's kind of shitty. We, uh, but like, we encourage chewing 
into the thing, actually, like especially okay. popcorn. Excellent. Yeah, chips. I, I got a story about Nargs and tobacco while, while he packs it. Yeah, there please go. go ahead. Uh, I was in lacrosse visiting Slaw. I was there for like a research conference, and uh, we went out and got pretty drunk, and Nargs met us out at the bars. Uh, absolutely just sauced. Um, met him out late into the bar hopping night. Nargs and I go outside to smoke a grit, and he's like leaning on the wall, and like starting to get wobbly, and then he like asks the dude for another cigarette, takes down the whole thing in like literally four minutes, and then he's just like, I'm pretty hit. <laughs> I'm hit. I'm hit. And then he's like, we gotta go. When was so that? we walked like, uh, I think like two winters ago. So we stopped at Toppers, both just absolutely drunk, got oh. like a triple orders of Topper sticks, played some 2K, and then you pass the fuck out. <laughs> was this at Sloth? <laughs> yeah. I do remember that kind of. That's one of your quotes. I'm hit. Mm. When the I'm liquor, hit. when the liquor and the tobacco gets you, I'm hit. Mm. <laughs> the tobacco. <laughs> Fucking nitty gritties, cowboy killers, nil and coffin. Hey, for those listening on the podcast, I put in a chew the size that might kill me. Yeah, Nick. Yeah. Nick's currently working with a chew that literally looks like he's wearing a mouth guard on the outside of his teeth. And so, <laughs> if you're trying to envision that in your head, I might die. He's got a. It's it's, it's a true overbite or underbite mm-hmm. situation. So Nick, while you get yeah. this, wait, while this chaw sets in, which I think this actually could be great radio because I think mm-hmm. you're gonna get a good buzz going here in a minute. I think Jesus so. Christ! Mm-hmm. Um, need to watch the ascension. Yeah, this is gonna be great, Nick. No, I'll, tip- I'll let you know what it is. A typical day in LA. Uh, give us mm-hmm. one where you were more focused on acting and one where you were more okay. focused on uh, stand-up comedy. I'd love to hear kind of what the typical day. Okay, was. typical day for me. Uh, wake up. Can we talk about jerking off? Yeah. We've talked about quite a bit. Okay. Do you not recall when I talked about getting leg locked and yeah. face rammed? Yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, uh, it was very difficult. When you live in a situation like I did, it's very difficult to find time to pleasure yourself. And I, I went on a <laughs> I went on a six-month dry spell out there. Uh, oh, boy. Six months. So it was tough. So you had to pleasure yourself. But you, you share a room with two other people. And one of them's a Russian. In and one of them's a Russian. One of them's gay. And you don't really know. Okay. Now, the gay guy caught me once. I love the dip in your mouth as you talk. <laughs> i tell you what. The gay guy caught me once. Um, so, it was one night where they were both out of the room, and I was like, I never get this effort. So, I had a field day on the hub. And it was late at night, and I figured, this place, this room will be empty, right? And I'm mid-stroke on the Johnson, and next thing you know, I'm sleeping right next to the window. I get a tap on the window from the gay Brazilian. Nick, Nick, open the door. Open the door. <laughs> Pull up the pants real quick. Now, you don't know if a gay guy, if he catches you jerking off, if he wants to join in, if, you know, maybe if he wants to step in. This is something, you know, I've been caught by my straight dad before. I've been caught by a straight friend. I've never been caught by a gay man. So I... I'm, it's, new, it's new waters. Yeah, yeah so I'm a little bit... I'm in a kind of a pinch here because I don't know what he wants to do because he was drunk too. So I thought maybe he was going to climb in, but instead he just laughed at me. <laughs> Did you guys have a language barrier too, or is it just you in the, the No, no, he, he couldn't really speak very good English, but he knew I was jerking off. He could watch that. He, he understood. He under, like, what, was, what he saw through his eyes the was beat, the same as what yeah, other people yeah. saw through the his eyes. The beat of sweat on his forehead, the mm. panic. It translates in all mm. languages. Mm. Jerking off is a universal language. <laughs> no, but, you know what you do in that situation? This guy habitually smoked cigarettes. 
So we just went out and had a cigarette together and just <laughs> called it a night. Yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, that's the best way to handle it because you didn't really know what else to do at that point. How was that combo? Can you talk about the combo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, combo? yeah. Dive in a little bit to what you guys talked about smoking talk. that cigarette. Okay, well, this guy, he can't speak very good English. He speaks very fast and, like, unfluent. And I think a few times he just said, I don't know what I just saw. Or I think he was, I think he was embarrassed for me. I was embarrassed for me. <laughs> and I also knew he was attracted to me because, I mean, I was friends with him enough, but he would, like, make comments and shit. And once I got past the point of fear that he might want to join in, then it was all it was all good. Everything was good there. Yeah. So we just had a cigarette, and I just tried to divert the attention away from the situation. That's just a good life hack at anything if, if uh... You know, you experience something. Okay, the buzz is starting to hit. Okay. <laughs> so hit. If things if so things hit. go haywire, just go outside for a grit. Yeah. If you so, get so, hit, if well, you that, get hit, smoke a grit. But if you can divert the attention away from what, what happened that you're embarrassed about, then generally it just kind of blows over. And it was really late, and he was drunk, and. I kind of hope the next morning he was too drunk and, for, and he didn't forget about it. Yeah, he knew exactly. Well, he knew what he saw. How could he forget? He knew what he saw. You were jerking off last night, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he knew it is broken English. Nick, thanks mm, for the cigarette. Yeah. Nick, you were stroking meat? <laughs> Something like that. Okay, I don't know how I got into that. I, I just wanted to throw that in there because that was kind of a funny story, but... Uh, yeah, that, so we're... Oh, yeah, that's a typical day. Back to typical... What is this? Day? That was Yeah, yeah, 9.30 No, no, a typical day, though, is I would start by jerking off in the bath. There was this little bathroom that was about, like, two... It was so small, but I think everyone jerked off there, and that was the only place Sky, you could yeah, jerk yeah. off, so... Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I would start... Every morning, I would write three pages of... Because I was writing a lot, writing jokes writing up stuff and I would write three pages of just freehand writing and it was it was it was something called the morning pages sounds kind of stupid but it would kind of like you would filter out everything in your mind so then you would kind of clear your head for the comedic side of your mind so I would write for like a half hour every single morning just whatever the fuck was on my so mind I, I it, you were writing you know like you were writing serious things in the morning so that you could clear headspace. Not necessarily. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty just much. Br just brain dumping. Yeah, kinda. just brain dumping. That's essentially what it was. Like I would just write whatever the fuck was bothering me, whatever. Was my on roommate my mind. caught me jerking off yeah, last roommate. night. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I. Maybe next week if I get invited back, I'll read that entry. <laughs> roommate caught me jerking off last night. Uh, definitely a bit low this morning. <laughs> Morale is low. Definitely a little, de definitely a little depressed this morning. Don't really sure what my next step in life is. I think it was something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Prepping myself for comedy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I'd, uh, I'd work a shitty nine to five job at this uh, this gift shop where ninety percent of the people working there were illegals, and then it was me. And I forged a lot of good relationships out there, and it was the most boring fucking job I ever did. However, when I was walking around the store, I would always have. Like, I would always have pieces of paper, because you can have your phone, but I always had pieces of paper in my pocket, so anything I saw or anything I thought of, I would write down, and I would have, like, four pages worth of shit that I would just be writing down, because when you're on that job and you're just seeing a lot of weird things and encountering a lot of weird shit. Like, one time, this woman just came up to me, kissed me on the cheek, took a selfie, and walked out. <laughs> like shit like that would just happen there showed you a little love yeah 
You just left. And stuff like that would happen, you need to write it down because then you'll forget it. And then from about 5.30 till 11 or so, I would hop on my bike and peruse around Hollywood and hit open mics and bomb and bomb. Occasionally do okay, but mostly bomb. But that's the steps you got to take. And Christ, it was quite the experience. You definitely uh, grow some balls doing that for a while. So my question is, in terms of like you bombing at these places, would you consider it just because the comedy game's that much stronger out there that you were bombing? Or if you did the same amount of open mics out here, would you bomb the same or do you think you'd perform better? We talked about kind of the material mm-hmm. side of things. We won't get too much into that. I'm saying purely on a talent to talent basis, when you look at LA and Hollywood and that kind of stuff versus like Fox City's comedy, mm-hmm. do you think you would have risen pretty quickly around here, but it's still in, conspar- in comparison, like bombing out there? I, I do think to an extent, yes, because I, I think that in Hollywood, it's the cream of the crop. Everyone moves out there pursuing this. Like, There's so many people pursuing acting, comedy, and you really, like, that's the one thing when I moved out there, I was a little, I wasn't sure the extent of just how many people have been doing that for so long, and they've been on that grind for such a long time. I was... I pretty much just went from amateur to professional, like, setting like that. Yeah. And I almost wish I would have done more things in the Fox Cities to build confidence and just build a more uh, act that I was stronger in because I was just building this out there. So, my, my, I mean, that was actually one of my questions was, if you were to go back eight months ago, like, right before you went out there as a comedian, because Nate and I Nate and I are trying to get into it a little bit. Like, I write mm-hmm. I write a decent amount of material on my free time just because I think it's Nick, fun to, to bring it up. I'll, I'll represent you as well. Yeah, Matt, Matt wants to do. represent Nate and I, and so he, he, we'll get him on you, and we'll get him as our... He's everybody's greasy agent. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were talking about this. Jew. I ain't the Jew. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But I'm at you. That's the slogan. <laughs> That's the slogan. What's the slogan? I don't I'm think not, I'm, I'm not a Jew, yet. but I'll manage you. Well, you know what I dealt with with Jews last summer, so. Yeah, so yeah. And now, uh, we've, we've spoken about them yeah. already. Will you have me? Yeah. Oh, Jesus I will Christ. have you. I will have you. Cool. Matt. What? Your timing is impeccable. Uh, <laughs> guys, I'm at that paralyzed state in the chew phase right now. Yeah, Nick's. For those listening at home, Nate's or not Nate. Um, Nick's condition is deteriorating fast with this chew. I've seen a sweat kind of start to develop yeah. a little bit. Of a... It's at that point where you're just like, is this even enjoyable anymore? But I feel too big of a one to like. You can't back like, out now. Yeah, it's just I, like you can't back. I think out. you doubled down and put an upper lip. <laughs> sake of the podcast, I'm going to put in more. Oh my god. <laughs> alright, alright, let me get this last two interview questions yeah, yeah. as you put these in. So, like I said, Nate and I have looked into stand-up comedy. Like, we write material, but we haven't really done open mics and things like that. And my question for you is, if you could go back eight months ago... Yeah, that's a lot of you. Mm-hmm. If you could go back eight months ago... Focus, fellas, focus. We're, we can do this. So, if you could go back eight months ago, before mm-hmm. you went out to L.A., what would be your advice? Because you just mentioned you would rather have a stronger act before you went out mm-hmm. there, rise a little bit here and then rise out there, or do you think that trial by fire like made you a better stand-up comedian? It definitely made me better, but I think uh, even further back than eight months, I think like a year and a half ago or two years ago when I first started thinking about this, I think I would have started writing right away, 
I would have gotten into some acting classes and I would have started doing stand-up right away as opposed to kind of like hemming and hawing about the idea should I go out there should I not and not really preparing for you know my plan to go out there and I think that you can always like there's always you know you have to go out there and actually learn on the fly because there's so much you just learn on the fly out there that right. you can't really prepare for but I think two years ago when I started thinking about this I should have just gone right in and started writing stuff and tried to find mics to get to because you can never be too prepared for what you're going to see out there because it's it's a it's a it's pretty cutthroat out there and it's it's tough to get recognized when you're just doing open mics and if I would have went out there with something like you know a year behind my back of doing mics and a little bit writing consistently yeah, yeah. then I think <clears throat> I think uh, I probably would have found more success but at the same time the material that comes from going out there and just winging it can right. be pretty funny because you're like mm -hmm. fuck I bombed everything no, I mean yeah you learn so much from just going out there and throwing yourself into that environment you just you have to learn on the fly and I think uh, I think those lessons I picked up are more valuable than anything yeah. I would have picked up doing stuff in the Fox Cities so my last two questions one <clears throat> describe the fact that Nick was in a Super Bowl commercial last year, um, did get a feature on national television, mm -hmm. which was a pretty sweet thing to watch from here in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, and then number two, I just wanted to hear your weirdest or funniest story from L.A., just something you've written down. And we'll, we'll obviously have more time on future podcasts mm -hmm. to get into it and, and hear more about it, but I'd love to hear a little bit about those two. Yeah, so the, I, it, was, uh, it, was, uh, it was Thanksgiving. It was an NFL on Fox Thanksgiving promo. It wasn't Super Bowl. Okay, okay. So a little less, but uh, hey, no, it was pretty Some people say that Thanksgiving's better. no. No, it was, it was fucking cool. First, so I, I walk in, and I was a paramedic for, uh, you know, Ken Jeong, the Chinese comedian from The Hangover. Hangover. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Rob Riggle, the guy who does Riggle's picks. Yeah, he's an actor, too. And then, uh, so I sit down, and they're, they're doing makeup on me. I'm just a fucking extra. I'm like, why are we doing makeup here? Al Michaels sits down in the chair right next to me. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, <laughs> this is real. I am, like, in the same realm as Al Michaels, and I was... I was kind of blown away, and uh, I think I said some stupid-ass kind of, uh, big Packer fan, I really liked your call to Hail Mary in 2015. Uh, thank you. Uh, what about the Monday night call with Antonio Friedman? Did he catch it? Or he did what? And something like that. I was pretty starstruck by that, but yeah, you realize, and I did some other extra shit for the show uh, Legion, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if anyone watches Legion, but... Check you out on there? Yeah, check me out on there. I should be uh, posing as a high school student. Uh, that was one thing I, I was good for background roles as 18 and under because I look like a child still so. you should try your hand at playing high school basketball again put up uh, yeah. 14. <laughs> see that that got my when Chump shared that story that got my head thinking because I think that's all of our dreams we all wish we could go back into high school and relive the glory days right if I could go back and play high school football today in the shape I am versus the fat fuck I was back then I would do it in a heartbeat yeah but uh, so that was pretty cool that that whole experience and then uh, what was the next thing? Did you? you uh, sorry, we're kind of we're, we're to lose. It's, Nate, it's at the questions yeah. are just not going over yeah, the head yeah. because now I'm sweating. I'm, Nate, you had a question. <laughs> yeah, I'm now hurting. I'm now at, like not paralyzed. I'm just straight. You hurting. look. You look hurt. You yeah, look hit. Like eyes watering. Does anyone have? A, is this the lip? I got you. This okay. is the lip. I mean, do you want, I'll grab you. This is the lip. This is not. I am just hurting. Nate, ask away, buddy. Uh, how much do you get paid for the uh, the spot on uh, for the NFL? 
I got paid pretty good for that. I was there for, let's see, I was only there for three hours. I got two hundred dollars. Hey, that's badass. Yeah, and then I also got uh, I also got so you have to get three, three of those like marquee background spots, so to speak, and then you can get uh, into the actors union. So I got two of those because I got another one for Legion. So I only need one more, and then I can qualify for the the SAG after, which is the Screen Actors Guild Union. So I got a couple of those. I just gotta get one more, and then you gotta pay three thousand to be in the union. But <laughs> but once you get in the union, you can get like uh, real high-paying jobs. So that was pretty cool. But uh, fuck, what was your other question again? Jeez. You want me to give you a pass on this? No, I don't want to pass. I want to answer all the questions. Funniest, the funniest, <laughs> favorite, or weirdest LA story. Just okay. give me like a, your weirdest. All right, here, here's one. So this ended my career smoking weed. <laughs> <Right here. laughs> So I just weed just kind of throws me for a loop, and it really makes my thinking go haywire. And uh, but I was biking home one night from a mic, and met a stop sign, and these three chicks just pull up next to me, and they go, "Hey, we're going to the airport. We got three joints, and we're too high. We can't smoke them, and we can't bring them to the airport. Do you want them?" <laughs> sure. I mean, why not? I hadn't smoked in about two months, and uh, get hit. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna get smoked. And so I brought him back and asked any of the roommates they wanted to. And I was in this situation, this Airbnb, Airbnb Greece house I was living in. Uh, there were roommates funneling in and out every once in a while. So there was a 30-year-old Indian filmmaker that was uh, moved in with us for a couple of weeks. And he had expressed interest. <laughs> he had expressed interest in smoking pot. And he said he'd never done it before. And... He was like, yeah, I've always kind of wanted this guy. Was, this guy was annoying as all fuck. All he did was talk all fucking day. He was so annoying. I just yeah, wanted him to hit the weed to shut up for a little bit. And <laughs> so he comes out, he smokes. And this guy, holy fuck. Okay. So I had like five hits this joint. This guy had two. And he just starts freaking the fuck out. Like... He goes, dude, it's happening again. I go, what? what's happening again? I didn't tell you this, but I smoked before and I had to go to the hospital three years ago. I go, well, what the fuck? Why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> so he's freaking out. He He's like, dude, we got to go to the hospital now and you need you got to drive me. I don't have a fucking car. I can't take you. I, I sure, I'm too stoned to do that too. And so he runs into his room. Out of his backpack comes this, those little like finger monitors that check your blood pressure and heart rate. And he puts that on, and he's like, dude, I'm, like, way over where I should be right now. Like, I, I'm about, like, he said he was about to die, and he needed to go now. And I'm freaking out. My stone ass is freaking out. And so he makes me call 911, and he sits outside of our apartment complex. He's laying on the ground in the star position, just laying on the ground, <laughs> telling me how his life's about to end. And I'm like, dude, you're fine. You just smoke weed. You're fine. Ambulance shows up, takes his heart rate, blood pressure. They look him, dude. Everything is perfectly fine. Your your heart rate is normal. Your blood pressure is normal. You are gonna be fine. And he said, "No, you don't understand with me. I have central sleep apnea, and I might die." And so he's he's having a panic attack, and they're telling him, "Well, we can't take you to the emergency room because there's nothing wrong. Like your heart rate is <laughs> fine. fine. Everything is okay." And then the cops show up, and they want to talk to me. They're like, well, what'd you give this guy? 
weed. <laughs> and, and so they're interrogating me a little bit and i'm kind of freaking out because weed is legal in california but i had a wisconsin id and you had to have a california id to buy at these places and i didn't have one i had the wisconsin id and then he like tells me oh, where'd you get it Did you just get it at that corner store over in the corner of wilshire and uh, melrose uh yeah yeah oh he'll be fine then he'll be fine that stuff's regulated it's fine <laughs> and he's sitting there he's still freaking out He's going to call an Uber to take him to the ambulance because he's, he's convinced that he's having a stroke. And then, he, of course, after about a half hour of calming him down, he's okay. Walk him up to his room. It, it, you might as well put the guy in a wheelchair because he couldn't walk more than two steps every minute. It was like I had to have my, You would have thought the guy tore his ACL. I was basically carrying him into the complex. And sure enough, hour later, he's laying in his bed. He becomes this guy. Calls Domino's. Yeah, I'll get two large pizzas. I'll get I was like, you motherfucker. You, I hadn't smoked weed in two months, and I was really excited about this. And this guy freaked me the hell out. I thought I was getting a possession. Thought I was about to kill a guy. And then that was it. No more weed for me. I flushed the joints down the toilet. Just like that. Just like that. I just ended it. And I, I, I was just like, I, I didn't want to deal with it anymore. Like, this fucking guy... Yep. Scared the shit out of me. Christ, I'm buzzing like a motherfucker right now. I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> we'll give Nick a break. No, we we okay. encourage you to hey, get no, fucked one, up on our podcast. I have one more kind of short story. So, uh, I got pretty fucked up after a Packer game once and followed a homeless guy who'd been homeless for 16 years into his hotel room. <laughs> I feel like we could have let off with that one. Now you're all buzzed but, up. Yeah, um... That was just weird because it was like I was my first month living there and was just kind of trying to meet people and eventually you get to the bottom of the barrel and you just start opening up with homeless people. So, uh, so I pretty much hung out with him for a night. He gave me some weed. Uh, I think I dabbled in the white snow a little bit. Um, but yeah, he, he said that he'd been homeless for 16 years, but every once in a while he could scrounge up enough money to buy a hotel room. So... I followed him to some greasy Motel 9 in or something and hung out with him for the night. Good guy, though. He's a friend for life. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mm. Nick, we'll give you a break and move on to Matt. Matt, you, uh, oh, go ahead. You had something? Uh, I was just going to say, uh, my buddy Beans had a very similar night where I uh, got either kicked out of the bar or just wandered out of the bar, but I used to do a thing where I'd bring a harmonica with me around just because it fits in the pocket well. Mm-hmm. And um, he ended up playing harmonica with a homeless guy for about four hours. They're fun. Sharing it back and forth. And I'm like, dude, he's like, and the next day he woke up, he's just like, oh, shit, what did I do last night? I need to, like, go get checked. That's the right way to live. Um, it's crazy, though. There's, like, in L.A., there's, like, different phases of homelessness. Like, there's the people that are, like, there's the people at the top that are, like, really trying to get out of their state. Like, they're begging for money. Like, you yeah. can tell they really, sure. they got their head on straight somewhat to the point where they're trying to, like, get a hotel. And then there's, like, the bottom tier where they've just straight up given up on life and they just fucking lay on the concrete. I think the uh, top tier is called Urban Campers. <laughs> sure, we'll call them the Urban Campers. We've heard about Urban Camping. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Matt, you uh, uh, 
we're moving on to some segments now, and uh, one of the segments is Picture This. And for those of you who don't know what that is, last week we decided to roll out a new segment called Picture This. One of the members of the group each week will come with a movie prepared, a two-minute elevator pitch of what a movie is going to look like, uh, a little bit of the plot details. And our job as a group is to critique this, uh, cast the movie, and it has to include Kurt Russell, um, and then uh, we'll decide if we're going to scrap it or send it, and we'll send it over to a Hollywood agency uh, to see if they'll make it happen for Kurt Russell. We do have Kurt Russell agency info so fellas my thought is we'll do picture this um we'll do the soapbox we'll save the craig spiracy and we'll finish up with wrestlemania as we kind of wrap up on the time period tonight um but we'll start with picture this and matt you were the one who took the torch this week what do you have for a movie well uh, we'll see here i'm not too sold on it harley was giving me some uh some things but i think it's too family friendly especially for this podcast that we just casted tonight a lot of jerking off Poop. <laughs> um, you know, good stuff. So I don't know if we want to go that route. I'm also open for ideas, but we got a killer name. It's called Raised by Kurt. Nate and I came up with it last night on total accident. Um, uh, I think uh, possibly we could go the sitcom route of Kate Hudson, Oliver Hudson, uh, Goldie Hawn, and Kurt Russell always like growing up to be actors. Hmm. Oh, that's kind of... I don't know. Has this is a any- very family-friendly movie. I, I I like the take on it. So we're going sitcom, not movie. Sitcom, TV show, like maybe eight to nine seasons long. Okay, and the plot is they're all growing up in the same house. Well, they're, uh, go, uh, Kate Hudson and Oliver Hudson are being raised by Kurt. And where does Goldie Hawn fit in this? You just wanted to see her again? She's the mom. She's the mother figure. We did okay. So we did some research yesterday. I actually found out on a different podcast that Kurt Russell basically raised. He was wiped up to overboard star Goldie Goldie Hawn. Yeah, I told you this first cast. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Me and Nate researched it last night. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so this is news to us. And then raised those two actors. And um, so we were kind of thrown off by that. We're like, well, that should be a movie raised by Kurt. And then that's about as far as it went. I can't, yeah, I don't know. So we should just Matt, give your original movie plot. I think it's good. All right, I'll throw it in. Uh, I, need, I need a job that you work from home, and we're going to mad lib it a little bit. All right. What, what's a job you would work from home and go to a convention? Cam girl. Okay. This is not going to work for... Oh, we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> Matt, you just got to take this one over, dude. <laughs> okay. So, we're and this is going to be a throwback here. We might have to recast Kurt Russell, young Kurt Russell, as someone else, so we can discuss that as well. Okay. But, um... See, John. 30-ish... Yeah, there we go. 30-ish-year-old Kurt Russell is in Vegas for the largest convention for cam girls. Hmm. Before turning in for a night, Kurt stops at the blackjack table to try out his luck. He finds a seat next to a beautiful young lady, who we have to cast, uh, who happens to be on a hot streak, even though she doesn't know anything about poker. She starts asking Kurt questions about what to do with her hand, and before long, the two are hitting it off. Uh, As you know, Vegas doesn't sleep, so the two continue to lit lit it up a little bit and uh, hit the the bar, whatever, strip club, chum, eating hot dogs, sitting there as well. (laughs) Uh, Whatever the night may bring. Well, the next morning... Kurt wakes up, blinded by the light, rocking a major hangover, and realizes that he's uh, late for his flight. 
Uh, wherever he's from. I'm thinking Midwest town somewhere. Living a normal life, working from home. Obviously, he's a cam group. And um, <clears throat> quickly grabs his pants as he checks for his clock. Or Well, let me back up. Checks the clock, realizes he's late for his flight back <laughs> to uh, the Midwest city we were talking about. Grabs his pants, flies out the door, forgetting that he wasn't even in his own room with the girl. He makes his flight, gets back home, and a few days have passed and stuff, and everything starts going back to normal. And one, uh, you know, goes goes to bed one evening and is woken up the next morning by a uh, truck horn, and realizes that this uh, estranged mistress from his convention in Vegas uh, has arrived with her two kids sitting in the front seat of the truck <laughs> in a moving truck. Wondering what's going on, um, you know, he runs out and starts figuring it out, but they actually got married in, in uh, Vegas, and she's moving in. And uh, basically, it's going to be how he's was a shitty dad trying to get rid of these people because she wouldn't divorce them or whatever, and, uh, you know, being raised by Kurt. <laughs> I like that. Matt, I, Matt you, you have the twist? Matt, give him the twist. Oh, I figured this was a classic family movie, but we don't have to have it like this. But you know, he ends up falling in love with all the kids and the, and the wife in the end, and becomes a good dad. Matt, that was the family-friendly twist I didn't like. No, Matt, I, I will say this: I I was out initially, and you brought it back home. I I will say this: when you started with that first pitch, it lasted about ten seconds. You had this movie written out. How could you not have pitched this right away? <laughs> You didn't give good feedback, and I was listening. And I was like, I was like, uh, this is too family friendly for our cast. We like to we like to curse and have chum bleep us out. Yeah, but we could I definitely make this. F-bomb. It could be like it could be like the movie Are We There Yet with Ice Cube. Like it could be a little inappropriate, you know, like some some crude That's true. humor. That's true. So basically, uh, I guess we have to we have to cast this and who find who his estranged uh, woman is. Okay, okay. Uh, my initial thoughts for the casting. Um, the kid with fat cheeks from Stranger Things is one of the kids. Right on. Um, I think it's gotta be a boy and a girl. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about the girl. The love interest, though. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Ooh. Jesus, Zach. Hey, give it up to Zach. First, <laughs> wow. first night on the pod just okay, hits a hole. First, first words. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is this is good. Um, okay, Sandra Bullock's a love interest. Kurt Russell's the dad. Uh, with the one of the Stranger Things kids is the son. Who are we casting as the girl? She's a little bit older than the guy. She's like a teenage girl, um, somewhere between the neighborhood of twelve and seventeen. She's kind of crude, kind of rude. Does not love Kurt right away. Who, who comes to mind? Let's goth. Give someone do a shot. Yeah, goth teen. Like yeah, goth teen. Uh, Kristen Stewart. Just make her like. Like young again? <laughs> yeah, we CGI Kristen Stewart. Okay, I can get on board with that. Uh, now the biggest challenging part: a title of this movie. It's raised by Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Sold. out. I'm out on raised by Kurt. What? I think we <laughs> could find some sort of clever, clever. Five. Wait, what? Four. You gotta come up with a better title in, in five seconds. <laughs> five. I think he's out of the ball. Go around the table. Go around the table. Three, two, one. Oh man, I got nothing. I was gonna go something with a. I was gonna go something with like a deal in Vegas gone bad. Um, something about Kurt's name, like riding his Kurt tails, like something like play on word with Kurt. I, I don't know, man. I just I think it, raised in by- a way. It the this is like reversed overboard 
Kind of. <laughs> so you basically copied Overboard. Well, <laughs> inverted it. The backstory's but... a little different. All right, fine. All right, anybody else with a title for this this uh, this movie? Oh no. Do you like Raised by Kurt that much, Zach? Nick? Please, anybody? Too buzzed. Hmm? <laughs> too buzzed. Too buzzed. <laughs> too buzzed. Too. Jesus buzzed Christ. Uh. Someone with like a shotgun wedding. Mm. You gotta go with cam girls, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta do something with cam girls. Is she a cam? She's a cam girl. I don't know. That was just the occupation. That was the math no, list, she's dude. a cam girl. Yeah. It would make sense if she's that like crazy that she's a cam girl. She's got issues. Yeah. And he's just a perv that was at a cam girl convention. What if Kurt's her name's Cam? What if she's Cammy? Cammy the cam girl is Kurt and Cammy, or um, I don't, dude, I don't know. But I just I raised by moved Kurt. Moved in. Huh? Moved in. I like moved in. Got a good ring to it. Yeah. All right. All right, all right, all right. Raised by Kurt would be a TV show. Yeah, know. Raised by Kurt would be a TV yeah. show, but even then, I, I don't know. Well, let's send it around the horn. If we like it, we like it. If we don't, right. we don't. The send two it options the, are send man. it or scrap it. Uh, we'll start with Nick. Nick, send it or scrap it? Send that shit. All right. A very buzzed Nick is sending a vote to send this to Kurt <laughs> Russell's agency. Zach, send it or scrap it? Send it. Okay. Um, Nate, send it or scrap it? Scrap. Okay, Nate's got to scrap. Oh. Matt, Matt, send it or scrap it? Now I don't believe in it. I'm scrapping it too. <laughs> Harley, send it or scrap it? This is a roller coaster. Scrap it until no. we get a good title. <laughs> yeah, new title. What is that? Three and two? I'm literally deciding vote here to tie it or yeah. to send it. Podfather gets 1.25 votes, so it's going to make or break it. Only when Dick's not here. Truthfully, yeah. truthfully, the plot has me very intrigued on. I say send it upon finding a good title off air. That's I'll back it. That's I'm where I'm at. Okay. All right. I'm glad that's settled. Um, here's the deal. Harley, do you have a soapbox this week you want us to roll right through? Yes. No, no, no. I got some. Um, tough acts to follow. Uh, Andre wanted me to get back on my environmental tirades. It's yeah. been a while, and I haven't even done one on the podcast. Andre, um, who is at the strip club this weekend? Andre, Andre who is definitely club. at Deja Vu. He was definitely there. I just wanted to make sure I understood who that was. Uh, so this week's hashtag is hashtag stop the slough. Uh, it's about all the synthetic clothing and all the microfibers of plastic that are getting into the waterways. There was a recent study. Eight out of nine tap water samples that were coming from the Great Lakes have all a bunch of like microplastics in it. And um, those are pretty horrible because they bioaccumulate. So fish eat them, and then they stay in the fish. Whatever eats the fish eats them. It just keeps getting more and more concentrated. Uh, plastics especially bad because it's what's called the nonpolar substance. So any of like toxins that are like from oils and pesticides, anything that's like a large chemical substance uh, can attach to the plastic and also work its way the food chain. So um, not really sure what to do with that. <laughs> As a hippie, what do you do? Do you just become Buzz a nudist? Buzzkill. Buzzkill. Oh. I'm, I'm kidding. What's the hashtag? Oh. Stop the slough. I mean. So there is some things we can do. Um, it's define, just like. It's can you define, can you define slough? So when you put clothes that have like synthetic fibers <clears throat> in the wash, they like, it's abrasive. And so when they rub against each other, like those fibers get pulled off and they go into the water that gets put into the waterways. And because it's a relatively recent thing. Um, wastewater treatment plants don't really deal with it, so 
you can like add filters to catch some of the plastics. You can add stuff to your washing machine to catch it. But right now, none of that happens, and we're filling the waterways with plastic. So you're saying the yeah. slough is the inactivity? No, the slough is what sloughed off your clothes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry, Keep Zach. Off, sorry. It's like plastic <laughs> dust. I think is what he's saying. More or less. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Okay. Okay. Um, thoughts initially around the group on stop the slough. I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> how is that going to get me laid? Because <laughs> clothes definitely have an, uh, an a positive correlation with just you know. You can shirt. just wear cotton. Hundred percent okay. cotton doesn't have it. It's all stuff that has synthetics. Are you going to well, take it? Well, I think it? you can. Nick, no, no. Listen to this. If you you can kill two birds while stoned with this one. Uh-huh. So if you just were naked all the time, you wouldn't be wearing plastic and would be more likely to get laid. Am I right? Yeah, hang on. Uh, actually, well, that is a very good point. Wow. Yep. People hadn't thought about that. Because okay. you're just eliminating... You make a lot of cool... I mean, sometimes the hardest part about getting laid is getting your clothes off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've never, never, never yeah. found that as the issue when I'm not getting laid. You could turn uh, Rainbow Beach or whatever that is uh, in Nina. There's just a bunch of fucking shells into mm. the first nude beach in Nina. So, Harley, we want to stick with hashtag stop the slough. Anybody I'll else? Let you guys, do we have a better hashtag? I'm it's building. just about what hashtag what is slough? <laughs> what the slough? <laughs> Sloughing off? Yeah. Sloughing off. Yeah. Uh, well, Nick uh, just pulled out a heavy jaw. <laughs> it had a good no. run. It had a good run. So, all right, I, I'll go with uh, I'll go with uh, stop the slough. I wish you could have went with like quit sloughing off or something like that, but I'll. Uh, I didn't like what. What's the slough? That's a good one. What's the slough? Yeah. Or what's what the slough? Or what what's the slough? Yeah. What the slough? Yeah. What's the slough? I just said that. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. All right, all right. Hashtag what the slough is Harley Soapbox uh, for this week's Tuesday catch-up um, Harley Soapbox podcast. Yes, Matt. Can, can I put in a request? I don't know what our time sitch is looking like, but um, I would really like to just get like one minute Craig of the silver talk for the fans. Uh, we don't have that currently on the soundboard. All we have is a talk about an Antarctic storm that's currently circling the uh, southern hemisphere um, uh, in Antarctica. So if you Get guys the want, silver soundbite. Yeah, have, what was the thing that was like five or ten times your money? That's a that's a small clip. That's a four-second clip. So we could play the Maybe interview from this it. week, or I, I wanted to save that one for next week, so that, that one uh, we'll have I'll to save it. Save it. So, Nate... I'm going to have to put a challenge on you today. Uh, we watched a movie called Computer War Tennis Shoes with Kurt Russell. It's a very young Kurt Russell in that movie, so it's a very old movie. Um, Nate, my challenge to you is can you make this last four minutes or less? Pick out your best scenes, uh, overall quick plot overview, your favorite quotes, Kurt's performance, and we'll wrap this thing up. What do you got? Yeah, I could definitely do this uh, in four Fuck minutes, you for burping, whoever did that. That was <laughs> Because my uh, tea time this afternoon got in the way of me finishing the movie, so I can definitely keep it under four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do know the ending, so I can throw that in there. Um, the intro song was amazing, absolutely beautiful. Um, it was a classic case of a mean bean and a bunch of ragtag students. Um, the ragtag students uh, liked one of the uh, commissioners on the board, and, they, and he was pushing for a computer. So like, okay, let's let's do something crazy and get a in school. So they. Uh, went to this local businessman who was in some shady shit with gambling 
And so he had this super uh, powerful computer. It was ten thousand dollars. That was what I needed. He ended up donating donating it to the school. And on the first day of the computer classes, um, they fry something, and Kurt offers to go to the the store and get the replacement piece. It's raining. He's trying to put the piece back on because he like, comes in the, into the computer room super wet, and he's trying to put this computer piece on, and he gets shocked. And um, so the next day, they look inside of his brain because they go to the doctor. Uh, it's just a bunch of like blinking lights and old school, old school uh, computer <laughs> things. Uh, so um, he's competing in this uh, national competition for smart. He's the, the smartest man in the world. And uh, one because of the, of the fact that he got shocked. Yeah, yeah, and he has a computer for a brain now. Okay. Uh, so uh, he's in this national competition, and uh, something comes up where he. Uh, kind of reverts back to his like computer state where they were using it to figure out like gambling shit um and uh like casinos that the the business guy owned so he starts spewing off all these like locations of the uh like casinos and uh, gambling areas that the guy had and uh so the bad guy the bad business guy kidnaps him and then the ragtag group of students kidnaps him back um they ride down the road trying to get to safety the bad guy crashes his car they all blow up and die Kurt Russell moves to uh, northern Washington with his girlfriend and lives a fisherman's life instead of being the world's um, smartest man. And he's still a computer at that point? Yeah, still a computer, but fishes. And so that's kind of how it all wraps up. Is like It's a happy ending, but he never gets any reconciliation on the fact that he's a computer. Well, I don't know. That's just how I guess. That's how I guess it ends. I don't really know. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> As a computer, he still chose fishing. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. Computers would do that nine times. So give me your favorite Kurt quotes real quick. Honestly, like there weren't really any good ones. He was just a young, young buck of an actor. Um, was it vintage Kurt though? Did you feel good about watching him on the screen? Yeah, I felt like he's really starting to grow into himself at that. Point. <laughs> Great hair in this one as well. Yeah, um, he definitely had a couple like really Kurt moments. Did he go um, sit on my face? <laughs> <laughs> gravy, gravy, gravy. <laughs> oh my god! All right, rate Kurt's performance out of ten. Nine out of ten. Nine. That's wow. your Kurt's Take that back. <laughs> okay. Okay, nine out of ten. Movie, and the movie out of itself? 10. Kurt Russell, nine out of ten. The movie Maybe was out of ten for the movie. Okay, yeah. I can go with that. I can get with that. Um, I respect that Kurt that WrestleMania. You kept it short and sweet. Uh, we we'll we'll definitely do a better job of watching it next week. We'll post on our Twitter <laughs> what we're gonna be watching. Uh, with that, subscribe to the Patreon. Uh, the hashtag this week is hashtag what the slough and then i want to go around the table and get some final thoughts because not only was it nick's interview tonight uh he took down quite a bit of uh quite a bit of chewing tobacco he told us some great stories which we really appreciate so let's let's give him some um as a guest on the tuesday catch-up uh and then we'll, we'll ask him some final thoughts i want to know how zach's first podcast ho- uh first podcast as a host of the tuesday catch-up went um he did a good job filling off the bench in my eyes but i want to hear from his perspective we'll go around the table for some final thoughts nick we will start with you thanks for jumping on tonight mm-hmm. what do you got as a closing thought for the people uh you know i've come down from what was a life-altering buzz and have now kind of put my thoughts into one uh this was a fun time and I would like to do it again sometime. And I really like the Kurt Russell fanhood. And that, that it was the Kurt Russell was when I started kind of getting my mind straight. Was when you guys started talking about him. So that's kind of like the lasting thought that was in my brain. Yep. 
I mean, that's how we like to leave people on this yeah. podcast is Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Uh, look for Nick to possibly do some more things with the Tuesday catch-up and or under his own alias uh, operating under whatever we decide to name this fucking shoot show we have every week. Uh, the Tuesday catch-up is this podcast. We definitely have other things. So we appreciate Nick coming on. Zach, let's talk to you. Uh, you filled in for Gillis tonight. You dropped some one-liners. You casted a great role for Sandra Bullock in the movie. I'm excited to see what you do when it's the solo five and you get a chance to, to come under your own wings. But how did you feel kind of soaking in this first podcast, your first night on a microphone? Yeah, um, thanks for having me. It was pretty fun, fun to listen. As the first time, I just kind of wanted to get a feel for how everybody does it. And uh, you guys had some great stories. Um Going back to Kurt Russell, have you guys seen Captain Ron yet? Yeah, oh, it's yeah. so good. Yeah, it's, um, it's a must watch. Not a so. true fan. He didn't listen to episode four. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really a tomato boy? Yeah, we I were wasn't even, I wasn't even told about this till episode six. So uh. that's on me. That one's on me. Oh, that's Joe's fault. I'll, yeah. I'll leave it to him. So, uh, that's the only one I really got into. But uh, I'm so happy that I'll you've have to seen go Captain Rod. About six hours of listening for you guys, so I can catch up. <laughs> <laughs> but Captain Ron, fan favorite. If you are out there listening, please watch. That's an, yeah, it's, it's an eleven out of ten. Now, I think that got an eleven out of ten on the pod. Uh, Nate, final thoughts on today's episode. I, I had a blast. I want to know what you thought. Absolute beauty. Um, loved every second of it. Can't wait to do it again. Absolutely. Matt, final thoughts? Oh, man. As per usual, this is a fucking roller coaster of emotions. And I absolutely love it. Uh, we go off the rails. Uh, Nick, would love to have you back and be one of the first featured podcasts on the Gravy Train Network. It's not the Gravy Train uh, Network, it's, but... I, it's our <laughs> thing is chugga, 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 chugga. Just ramming that noise in your ear. Um, <laughs> it's a slogan, man. I don't know. Okay. Jump thought of it. Harley, Harley, and, final thoughts. Uh, uh, it's a highlight of my week being on here with you guys, as always. Nick, great to have you on as a guest. I hope to have you back. Uh, Zach, welcome aboard as a host. This was uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Final thoughts from my end. Um, if you pay anything over $11 on the main stage, apparently that's a taboo, but it's totally worth it if you're at a strip club for the first time. Um, follow our Twitter at Tuesday underscore Ketchup. Support our Patreon at the Tuesday Ketchup. Uh, the different varying levels of rewards are totally worth it between getting stuff from Crazy Craig's Doomsday Stock, uh, becoming a first official, official Tomato Boy, which we did run out of time this week, but I promise next week Joe Firestein will get a full one minute plug about his recent um purchase to become one of the tomato boys uh for us on our patreon besides that hashtag what the slough hashtag pounds or piercings we'll get back to you next week a uh, number of other segments we got a couple bangers for you we are going to be having our in-person podcast next week coming up with the horace green album release party june 1st uh our listeners are mostly in the fox city so if you are listening go to that on the first for the album I release think, party what you think, think what I might be off a week. Either way, um, pay still attention to what we got going show, on. Though. Yeah, still come to that. So we'll talk to everybody next week. You are officially caught up. And per request from Andre, this song is going to play us out. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it's pretty cool to be on TV. So all the folks back home can see me. And then I'm living it out, all the things I used to dream about. Yeah, it's pretty great, saying on stage, proud, cause there ain't an empty seat in the place. But girl, ever since I met you, I got a whole new perspective. If I'm gonna be 